Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Megan Coleman from MASH Minute. And I'm Tierney Steele, also from MASH Minute. Also from other hey, places, because I'm weird like that. Yes, it. <laughs> At all, Joe versus the minute. Yeah, currently uh-huh. I'm doing a movies by minute on Joe versus the volcano, but I have missed you, Megan. I have missed you too. Smash! Mash! We survived Mash. We really did. <laughs> we we got out of the swamp, and uh, we just went to the other end of the decade. Right? We, yes. I was just trying to think. I was like, fifty nine. <laughs> did fifty nine come up at all in our in our movie? But. It did not. It was 1969 really. pretending to be 51, 52, 53. It changed depending on what was going on. It changes. Um, exactly. But we're here talking about a completely different movie. Although we're still stuck in uh, directors with very strong visions world. Yes, this is true. But uh, I, I, I like... I like it. It's it's good. I like Hitchcock a little bit more than I like Altman. Not that I don't have issues with Hitchcock either, but you know, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I, right? I think Yay! we might even get to talk about that a little bit in this minute. Uh, you're welcome, yes. by the way, that I didn't. St- it, it was a good call doing the introduction yourself. So I didn't start singing because this is minute 101. And Disney made a yes. whole film about Dalmatians with oh. many songs. Oh, right. Some of which you include didn't do the lyrics. It in minute either, so you know it's all good. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if we're doing little summaries for our yeah, listeners. I, again, this is the first minute we're again. on here, and we're already right. 101 minutes in, and we're kind of, and we can't do it in a vacuum because Jim gives us some guidelines and uh, lets us run with it. Yeah, yeah so this. And I can't get that freaking document to come Aww. up. Oh, no. Yeah, this is minute 101. The title of this episode is One of Our Agents. And the first note I have is Sex Like a Fly Spotter. So <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into I'm it, sorry. shall we, folks? I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not the most adventurous person in the world, but um, I mean, I've used a um, fly yeah. swatter and. Um, mm, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just came out. I missed you. Uh, yeah, this is the big reveal that this whole no. time Eve has been a double agent. What? No, it's kidding. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you can tell it's dramatic because of the bum. zoom. <laughs> Right. And sorry if you are turning in just for us at 101 um, and we might have ruined North North by Northwest for you. Um, but also, you've made some questionable decisions with your life. So <laughs> you're just turning in. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you didn't watch the movie at all before pressing play on this episode makes me think that it's not all our fault. No, but we're not here to psychoanalyze no, you. We're here to talk about this minute of North by Northwest. <laughs> exactly. So we don't see Eve in this minute, but we learn a very important thing about her. And it makes me have a lot of feminist feelings. Why do women always get screwed, Megan? Well, 
Is this another one of our tropes? Movies where <laughs> women do not get treated That's just the way they should. Human society, though, like, in our defense. Like, like they're really though, like they're really strong and then then screw them over, right? Um right. Cause yeah. it's this when we find out that she's actually kind of a double agent herself. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She yeah. had to do it. She had to do it because she was dating or had started to date, yeah. right? Or at least been on a we're, date. We're going to find out later how she came about this. But what he's told in this minute is that she had to be dating him because she is a secret agent. She's part of the alphabet soup. And <laughs> it's just... It, it, mm, she had mm. to do it. Um, Let's just think she had about to do it. that. To, or she risked assassination. I... <laughs> And he likes her. He clearly really likes her. He goes, oh, no. Oh. In that very Cary Grant sort of way. And then decides that even though he's been married twice before, he's kind of fallen for her a bit and goes, okay. Yeah. Well, and I like the point that the professor makes of, look, you put her in a really bad situation. <laughs> this yeah. is up until this point. A lot of people have been saying things are your fault and they're not actually your fault. I kind of have a problem with exactly. a lot of what the professor does. But in this case, it is his fault. <laughs> it is his and fault. So he you know, by the end of the minute, we see he is going to do the redemption thing. He is going to make it right. He's going to help her out. We don't know how yet, but it involves Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Good times. And uh, yeah. So had you seen this movie before? I sort of freaked out when we found I found out this was going to be the big minute by minute project and wanted to do this. I definitely had seen it before, but it had been a long time. And I have to admit, I was completely mixing this movie up with charade in my mind. <laughs> oh. When I watched it the first time, I was like, wait, where's the part where the ski? That's a that's a different movie, isn't it? That is a different movie. <laughs> in my defense. <laughs> in your defense, you didn't confuse it with birds. So good job. No, and, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I am not a big Hitchcock person. I mean, I know about him because Hollywood and being a movie nerd. But yeah, and I love Rear Window and I love Charade. Mm. And I definitely had seen this, but I had not seen it in a long time. And it just had kind of gone out of my head. Like I knew the big tropes, but I didn't remember the story at all. So this was a fantastic rewatch for me because I got (laughs) to be surprised by things. In fact, I think it's uh, a later minute we'll get to where I'm like, oh, that worked on me. (laughs) Did not see where that was going. (laughs) Had no memory of how this happened. You know, I I knew some things had to happen because I remembered a later scene involving Mount Rushmore. But that was about oh, it. That right. was all I had was, well, somehow they must get out of this. <laughs> That's probably what people think of when they think of Mount Rushmore in this movie, to be honest. But yeah, the, the plane so and Mount and Rushmore. At the end. And, right. Right. Yeah. That's basically what when I told my husband we were doing this. He's like, oh, the one where he gets attacked by a plane. And I was like, yeah, that one. Good job, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you did it. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I was. Exactly. I was very proud of 
I, I was very proud of, uh, I shouldn't say proud of, that makes it sound like I had anything to do with it. I was pleased with <laughs> how much I enjoyed this movie. And I think a lot of it is because I did study the Cold War as like my specialty. And so seeing all these machinations and hearing the professor deliver sick burns like war is hell, even when it's a cold one and... Oh, oh, yeah, man, I'm so into it. <laughs> oh, it was so good. So, it was so, oh, it's yeah, so good. Yeah, I hope I'm not completely retreading uh, uh, ground at this point. I, I Oh, shoot. I should have seen if Sean Sherman was going to be on this before us. But uh, this is The Professor. That's oh. how he's credited. I should right. warn people in advance. I'm going to be gushing about how much I love him because he just is very cool. And I looked up the actor's name because I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking about how great and how much I love this character. This character who apparently is based on John Foster and Alan Duels. <laughs> yes. When I found that out, I was like, ooh, Hitchcock. Ooh. Being fancy. Being things. Big and fancy. Also, thank you, Ernest Lehman. Oh, right. Like, who's a screenwriter? That's a good point. That's a good point. He had the lot to yes. do too. Uh, this is Leo G. Carroll. And the reason I wonder if Sean German has been on this before is because as I read that to myself, I was, I was writing it down I'm like, Leo G. Carroll, that sounds familiar. And then without even thinking about it, I went, was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills. And I really got hot when I saw Janet Scott. Yeah, it's a, it's he's referenced in yeah. the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> oh, Show and the lyrics. I knew nothing about him other than he's referenced in. Uh, oh, God, what's the it's the opening. It, it is the Rocky Horror Picture Show song. It's talking <gasps> oh. about the horror picture shows. <laughs> Yes. But no, I can't think what the actual song is called because it's not Rose Tint My World. I, I can't it's later. It's, uh... Uh, uh... But yes, that was the first thing I thought. Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel. So he is fantastic. I'm sure other people have talked about him already, but this is our introduction to him. And by God, I'm going to mention that he was the original... Uh, Bosley, I guess, <laughs> predated that, but from The Man from Uncle. And I would like to give a shout oh! out to the remake of The Man from Uncle with Henry Cavill and uh, Viscander and all those guys in it. I really appreciate it. I'm not saying it's like genius, and I would very much like to go watch this man being the man from uncle but you know if you didn't bother seeing that when it came out in movie theaters i would just you know next time you have a chance to watch it give it a try it was fun hmm yeah i don't think i've seen either of them to be honest but oh, it's a good time yeah the only other good thing times. i picked okay. up was uh he's another method actor which i realized researching this movie method actors all over the place and then Cary grant <laughs> I think Cary Grant, who does not strike me as method at all. Like, he just shows up and... Is Cary Grant. Does his And thing. is fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> and is fabulous is essentially how it seems. Like, he's just so suave and... Um, I, I think we'll talk like, some together, more about even though he's Even though he's also kind of a hot mess at the same time. But, you know. <laughs> Roger Thornhill. <laughs> suave hot mess. Suave hot mess. Um, actually, I saw an interview. I read an interview with Hitchcock did, and he sort of said something to that effect. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Dude. 
Did Carrie Grant's he, characters invent the phrase hot mess without oh, them realizing well, it? I'm sure there were other hot messes in movies up to that okay. point. But I'm just throwing it out there. Think about old it's Hollywood my, my, you know. and the phrase hot mess. Actually, they kind of all were. Now that I say that, now that I'm trying to think of other actors from that era, I'm like, yeah, that fits a lot of people. Trying to find where I put that. Anyway. I'm going to talk, I'm going to gush about Cary Grant some more next line because the, the, the lines at the beginning and next minute just really really hit me in that area but this minute my love is all for the camera work the zoom in he goes, oh yes. no. and you realize like he's gonna go to the rescue and then the circle on rushmore and it just this minute looks so good and this minute starts in a dark outside airport at night and it ends on a bright day outside Mount Rushmore and both scenes look gorgeous. And it just is so edited so well. Yeah, it's just. Oh. Yep. And we don't need to know the plan. There clearly is a plan that they're doing with their little subterfuge out here. Although mm-hmm. I, here's one problem I had. It was like, okay, perfection. I love the professor. I just said him in my notes, but I looked it up and made sure that he doesn't have a proper name. That was him. (laughs) Just chilling, reading the paper. And then I thought about it. Wouldn't this be more conspicuous to be sitting, to be at a tourist trap, sitting and reading with your back turned to the thing to trap tourists? Oh, Unless he's like the grumpy grandfather or dad who got dragged along and doesn't give two craps. Yeah, but shouldn't he be sitting outside a dressing room doing this? If that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed kind of. Yeah, because I didn't think about that. It it just, the way he's sitting, I get that it's supposed to be like, oh, they're being subtle. They're talking, but no one looking at them would realize they're together. I'm just like, yeah, but. Wouldn't they be like, why is that guy sitting there reading the paper with his back to the Mount Rushmore? Yeah. I don't mm. I think it's going to become clear through this week that I've never been to Mount Rushmore. So I don't know. Maybe this is normal behavior. I mean, I guess I'm just basing it off of there's enough, you know, there's always somebody in the family who goes on vacation and there's stuff you don't want to do at some point and... There aren't smartphones Maybe if you're yet. my husband and you go to the Alcott house, you sit in the van and just play your video games with my dad. So you don't have to go to the Alcott house. But, you know, Aww. so but because, yeah, yeah. So uh, because uh, there's no video games in the way that we know them <laughs> in 1959, I guess a newspaper or a book would. Also, would work. I'd, I also think a newspaper is less conspicuous than a book, too, in that case, unless it was a travel guide. That's right. True. Oh, that's what he should be doing. He should have a little travel travel guide guide. in front of him that he's pretending to read. Oh, for goodness sake. Yes, that would have made even more sense. Okay, well, we fixed we fixed North by Northwest. Go us. Um, If you're ever in the Boston area, go to Orchard House where Louise May Alcott lived. Go through. It's a cool house. It's fabulous. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I will say every time I've gone through, they have one of those little introduction videos and they say like, you know, raise your hand if you've read Little Women and 
the only times I've ever gone, the only people who have not raised their hands were the dads and my then boyfriend. <laughs> so you do not have to. Have but even he was like, OK, like. I would never have done that, but like, sure, it's a famous writer. You walk through the house. It doesn't take that long. No, it doesn't take that long. May, who is Amy, who is May, drew all over the place. So you can always at least, you know, if you're bored, just keep an eye out for little random drawings on, you know, baseboards and stuff. That'll entertain you. Right. For the like 20 minutes it takes to walk through the house. Yeah, it's not a very big house. So I love that house. I actually had. I I remember walking through and being like, "Okay, well, you could change this and put in the bathroom here, and then you would just have to extend out the kitchen so it would fit modern appliances. <laughs> and you would totally oh, live and, in Orchard House as it is right now. Oh, and dear listeners, we're recording this in December, and the Little Lumen movie is about to come out, which is also why Alcott House is on my mind. So I don't think these air till May. So you might be confused, but just putting that out there. It's good at all times of year. I've been both in the snow and in the summer. So there we go. There you go. Yes. Oh, I found it. Um, What I was looking for. Um, A reviewer in the New York Times, A.H. Willer, W-E-I-L-E-R, said um, he noticed Hitchcock's strategy of turning a tourist gaze on American culture when he described the film as, quote, a suspenseful and delightful cook's tour of some of the more photogenic spots in the United States. So it would have made sense that the professor had had a tour guide book Mm -hmm. with him instead of a newspaper. But that's okay. We fixed it. (laughs) <laughs> we fixed it i just you're love that because you know Hitchcock. it needed fixing i'm sure you're wink. Right. i'm sure you're rolling in your grade right now just being like oh, these girls hitchcock <laughs> and allman just decided to get together for a drink and curse us from the beyond <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> i love it it's all good <laughs> And uh, the other note I have for this with uh, their little conversation, not conversation going back and forth is. Is this is the minute where we get the I don't like the way Roosevelt is look or Teddy Roosevelt is looking at me. I can't. Oh I don't do a good Cary Grant. Hello, Diane. I don't Hello, either. Look at these swatches. I know he has a certain ca- ca- What is it? Cannon? Cadence. His voice that I can't. Cadence. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, we'll get to how awesome Cary Grant is, but just I, I noticed it a because it's a great line, and I couldn't figure out why it was really landing with me. I think just the way he says it, and then when I was looking through the trivia for this movie, I realized that this is well after Arsenic and Old Lace, in which the brother thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. That's not a spoiler for oh. Arsenic and Old Lace. It's like. Uh, an easy main point that is not giving anything away from a comedy from the 40s. I refuse to feel guilty about spoiling things. <laughs> but yes, in Arsenic and Old Lace, Cary Grant's character's brother is a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and he thinks he's yep. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> and he like tries to charge up the stairs thinking it's the hill of of I should know this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that I I was like, maybe that's what clicked in my brain. Or he just delivered the line well and it's a fun trivia fact. Why can't I stop yawning? I'm so sorry, Megan. It's okay. It's all right. It's no worries. We have toddlers. We're trying to podcast. They don't care about Hitchcock. It's all right. 
The one problem with waiting for you to put down Izzy for her bedtime was that I had time to make myself a second gin and tonic. Oh, man. See, I've only had a small shot of my bourbon, which I decided was very appropriate <laughs> for various reasons earlier in the movie. Um, now, see, I noticed earlier in the movie that uh, Thornhill drinks a Gibson, which I noticed because I can't stand them. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there because it's gin and vermouth. So it's like a martini. But instead of cocktail olives, it's the cocktail onions. Ew. I can't stand them. Do, do, do we not also like it because that's not a mash thing? Like mash requires olives or nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> when they have to make concessions on the fried bread. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a gin person, not a vodka person, but I... I, I Tonic and lime is kind of wonderful too. <laughs> like, for oh, yeah, that's not true. melting your brain reasons. <laughs> no, I I know people who drink martinis, and I just I can't I can't do it. I can take a sip and tell if it's you know terrible or well made, but I can't drink a whole one. It's a waste of everyone's effort and olives. <laughs> <laughs> Things I learned the hard way. Anyone need a bottle of vermouth oh. that I'm never going to use? Write us at mashman at gmail.com. All right. Oh. This will be old wow. news by the time this episode comes out in May. But I would like to point out that I told my father I needed to buy some PBR for mash reasons. And we walked around the whole time. I saying I need PBR. And then I found it. And he said, why didn't you tell me you were looking for Pabst? I knew exactly where that is. Oh, yeah, I guess it is Pabst. Blue I mean, it, yeah, it is, good, 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 good but it is. But yeah, is that a generational it thing? It's very <laughs> yes. much a generational thing. He thought I was looking for some hideous <laughs> hipster, small brew thing. Oops. I wonder what Thornton would think about our drinking habits. <laughs> He'd probably be like, yeah. He, I think he'd be fine girls. with them. You know, for all that Thornhill is a fancy schmancy, we're going to talk about his suit later this week. Yes. For all that, <laughs> you know, I don't think he would be drinking PBR with us, but I, I get the feeling he'd be the sort of kind of guy that's like, oh, those two girls drinking PBR? Well, they're having fun. They're not hurting me. I'm not they're hurting fun. them. Let's all move along with our lives. Yeah. Maybe he hit on us. Who knows? Right. We depend on his mood. We can only dream. <laughs> we can only dream. All right. <sighs> well, we. Evie St. Marie, you're so jealous. <laughs> we will find out why Teddy Roosevelt is looking st strangely. <laughs> or just in some concerning way. Wow. This is all over the place. I'm so sorry. Um, it's all right. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. We've hit some fun big points. And Yeah. And we're coming. We're probably the most loosiest goosey people on this entire podcast, but that's OK. Again, I blame the second Again. gin and tonic. <laughs> I have many well-written notes, screen capped things uh, from the trivia section organized by what minute they correspond to. But here I am nice. trying to combine the theme song from Disney's animated 101 Dalmatians with the opening chorus from Rocky Horror Picture Show, and no good can come of this. <laughs> oh, goodness. 
Well, if you want more of our crazy antics, <laughs> where can they find us, Charity? <laughs> Do they? <laughs> What a Monday episode for you folks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it it's the transition minutes that always get us. It is. We're it not very is. good at them we because we'll be on top of things next minute, guys. Yeah, Don't our worry. problem is that we talked about Robert Altman's mash. And so we have been spoiled by, oh, would you like a transition? Here's a cutaway to a loudspeaker and announcement for you. Right. Oh, wait, it's a minute with three transitions. Here you go. <laughs> We'll now be in this next scene for 20 minutes. Enjoy. There you go. Your joy. So we haven't had much uh, practice with these. Sorry about that. No, if they want that. to hear us talking about MASH the movie, but also comparing it a lot to the TV show, they can check out MASHMinute.com. They can look for MASH Minute on all the podcast, catcher, whatever we're calling those things, places. And we're on social media at Mash Minute. Woohoo! Yeah. And if you want more of this Hitchcock Minute goodness, you can find the Hitchcock Minute on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or HitchcockMinute.com. Um, there's also a listeners group because we live for listeners groups. Oh, yeah. I think Terry said that's the only reason she's still on Facebook. Uh, and that's the man on Washington's nose on Facebook. And you can find it on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute if Facebook is not your thing. Or you can check out moviesbyminutes.com to hear more cruel shows like this. Yeah, we're all so on there. <laughs> yeah, we're all on there. There's probably more shows I'm not even aware of that I probably should be listening to. You know, it's all good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So join us here next time on the Hitchcock Minute. <laughs> Thornhill, wherever you are.